Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I have got Pastor Dana Coverstone on the phone today. We're going to be discussing current events and also some of his latest dreams, in case you don't know him. I think all the world knows him now, but he's a pastor out of Burksville, Kentucky. Had about 25 or maybe 30 of some of the most amazing dreams I think I have ever seen. And today he's going to be bringing some information to us about what he sees in the future. So Pastor Dana Coverstone, welcome to the Prophecy Club. Dan, always great to be with you. Appreciate you, my friend. So, first of all, what do you see coming just here soon? What do you see coming? Just even the current events from today, the explosions at the Kabul airport, both Marines killed American citizens uh, who should have been pulled out a long time ago based on the timeline. I see more and more chaos in Afghanistan. I see more and more chaos in the Middle East. Also in the news report today from a Drudge Report headline was that Israel is going to get more aggressive with Iran because they cannot, they cannot tolerate a, a uh, nuclear Iran. But I really think what's going to happen is you're going to see Americans start calling for the removal of our president. You're going to see leadership start calling for the removal of our president. Uh, he'll, he'll go the way either of impeachment or the 25th Amendment. Someone else will step up. But they'll be wearing a mask. And uh, same old, same old, same regime, just different, different you know, people in, in leadership. But I think we're about to see, I think September is going to literally be an explosive month for this country. And that's not based on dreams. That's just based on my gut feeling. I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis who all sense and feel that something big is about to happen, something big and, and, and frightening for the country is about to happen. We see the mandates for different things. We see the pushes. Um, we see people, we see governments around the world saying, shut up, sit down, line up, and just take what we tell you today. We've never been there before. We are an unprecedented time in, in history, not just American, but world history. And uh, the, the asphalt's being laid right now for the Antichrist to drive in on. And uh, all the subject matter, uh, you know, all the stuff is there. And so we are living, and you know, people say, well, you read headlines that should make you mad or, or make you f- afraid. I think we're living in the most exciting time in world history. And we get to see some of the major events that are talked about in the end times in the Bible. And even though it may not come out the way that I think or you think exactly, we're living in exciting times. Jesus is coming back. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's jump over to your latest dream, and let's go through and discuss it here. Okay. If everybody can see it now. So I'll read it. And I'll just go through and give them my interpretations to it. And I'll kind of pause from time to time and let you kind of jump in and make sure. your comments on it. Does that okay. sound good? It sounds fair. That's very, okay. very good. So the name of it is called Get Out While You Can and Take Who You Can. This was given to him uh, August 14th to 18. And I need to also tell you that I have edited it slightly for radios just so it flows a little bit better. But of course, he's going to verify that nothing's really been changed, but he probably won't even notice that anything has been changed. <laughs> so anyway, the dream starts out, and he says, I was standing in front of the hospital watching severe storms all around me. I think that that's kind of where we've been since the election. It's yeah, talking absolutely. about the storms that are out there right now. <clears throat> Lots of people were rushing into the hospital with bags, luggage, and household items. I think the hospital represents uh, America at this point, just simply America trying to heal her wounds. Again, you jump in here anytime, okay? Sure, sure. An ambulance, an ambulance backed up to the front door. 
And people ran inside with bags of groceries. There are, I think, anywhere from seven to nine different dreams or visions that I have from people all this year, all saying that there's about to be a food shortage. And uh, I covered this yesterday. Well, here, I'll tell you what. Let me just scroll down to it. I've got it right here. Uh, <clears throat> last Wednesday, my agent called with info saying management has been ordered to cause delivery interruptions in the grocery industry on purpose. Grocery stores will begin to run short in about two weeks. Then August 23, com says that the United States Department of Agriculture is intentionally creating a food shortage. And they are sending, quote, destruction letters to American farmers telling them that they have X number of days to destroy their crops in the ground, destroy their crops in the ground for which they'll be paid 1.5 times the crop value. Now, that and there's other information, which I'll skip for right now. All is pointing to a food shortage. That's what the dream says, too. So he says, an ambulance backed up front to the front door. People ran inside with a bag of groceries. One man had an old brown grocery bag full of day-old bread with day-old bread written on the bag. The pace of the people running was quickened by the lightning and storms, in other words, the trouble around us, that were hovering over the hospital yet without rain. The man with the bread yelled at me, get inside where it's safe. I have enough bread for everybody. I like that because I think that that is God saying, don't worry. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. The scene changed. I walked into a building with people rushing in beside me. They were bumping into me and dropping keys and other items trying to get in the doors. You have any idea what those dropping keys and other items were? I think it was the panic of what's happening and what's going on, both on the outside world, because they were rushing into this place. It's supposed to be a place of safety, a place of healing, and a place of hope. And they obviously were, and they were trying to get into the doors of the rooms so quickly. The rooms right. were not on fire yet. The hallway was not on fire yet, as it was later. <clears throat> they knew they knew something was imminent. They knew destruction and danger was coming, and they were rushing at at, at just life speed, life speed, you know, at, at light speed to get into those places. So at this panic. point, the storms have got bad enough to where people see there's a big problem, right? Right. But after, okay. yeah, and because they're seeing it, they know they need to get away from it, however they can. Do you also see the bread as God taking care of us? I see the bread two ways. That as way as one. But also what gets me about the bread is it, it was in the big, it was like if you go to France, you see people carrying bags with bread sticking out of them, the big type of bread. These were the old grocery bags, you know, the brown paper bags you would have seen in the 70s and 80s and 90s before everything went plastic. And to me, those things don't exist anymore. It was an older way of life. In other words, some of the older ways, the older ways of life rather go back to to survive in that sense. The, 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 those grocery bags, to me, speak of a time that we're not living in, an older time when people didn't have to worry about food shortages or financial uh, you know, chaos or even spiritual, spiritual deception like we're seeing. So uh, the bag in the bag itself said, you know, a day old bread. And I think a lot of people are trying to live on what they had yesterday and and they've not invested well they've not thought it through and they're not ready they're not ready for anything that's coming that's that that's where i see that too and the guy said well i've got enough bread is enough but there was a lot more people coming in than he had bread in that bag for okay let's go to the second line here above the elevators was a sign saying not working today please use the stairs as people rushed up the stairs they kept dropping things 
and quickly picking them up. Same thing on this, dropping things and picking them up. Yeah. They were, you know, because the elevator was, were, and the elevator would, would have gotten them probably about maybe the same pace, depending on walking speed. But the elevators were the easiest way to get up. And they weren't working, which meant they had to work to get to where they're going. In other words, in the Bible. No says, easy way. Yeah. You don't eat, you don't work. That was the Bible, you know, think what Paul said. But there's no easy way to get away from this storm, no easy place to hide. You know, it's coming for everybody. Well, the point here is the next phrases. They were running for their life. There was panic on every face. In other words, we should not think that business as usual is going to be business as usual in the future. We not should, should not think that life is going to continue to be okay and to be very blessed. Yeah, there's nothing normal ever again. Right, right. A few doors open and people ask, what's going on? But no one answered. I ascended up a very dark staircase to a hospital room. Through a window, I could see storm clouds and fire and lightning. Thunder was shaking the building. I think this is saying that the things we've seen over the last, really since the election, even, even the beginning of 2019, yeah. are only going to be increasing. There's going to be more shaking, all kinds of things going wrong. Yes, yes. Now, the woman here is the church. Sitting on the bed was a woman with her face in their hands. Boy, that's where most of the Christians are right now. They have their face in their hands, and it's yep. not necessarily praying as much as they don't know what to do. They've never seen this before. Right. They aren't prepared. Right. Yep. I recognize her as an emaciated woman, and I think that emaciated means they're not fed with the word. Yeah. And she was, <laughs> I mean, she was church, the woman. She was the woman from an earlier dream that was lying right. in the bed that Jesus picked up and, and told her to, to sit down. But she wasn't ready to walk yet, wasn't ready to run yet. Right. I recognize her as the emaciated woman who was told to heal before she got up. She was praying and sobbing for the church and the lost. She got up and looked out the window, became afraid, and immediately sat down on the floor shaking. Again, that's the church. Yeah. They see what's coming but they don't exactly know how to solve it. They don't know what to do. And so they're praying, but they're just shaking. They don't really understand their power and their authority. Anything to say there? Exactly. And, and also the church, the church is intimidated by the things going on. Like right now, I, I'm, talking to, I'm talking to literally hundreds of people who are going to lose their jobs if they don't do a certain thing, a mandate by the government. Right. Uh, they've been told if they don't get it, they're, they're out. And so I'm hearing from people who are saying, Pastor Dana, I'm going to lose my job. I don't know what to do. Where am I going? I got, I've had people calling, sobbing, sobbing on our answer machine at the church, leaving messages saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've lost my job. And, 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 and as hard as that is, the Bible says the righteous will live by faith. And we in the church world, we as Christians are about to discover what it means to really live by faith. And that's I mean, I what she said. Because she basically the Lord says to her, look, 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 look you got to get up. I'm going to go through this with you. You're going to walk it. But if you notice, he disappears when he stops talking to her. And she has to go through those hallways by herself with people, knowing he's with her in spirit, not there literally physically. And that's where the church is at. we got to be strong in yes. our faith and stand in the power of his might to make it through yes. the times of heaven. Thunder shook the building. Even the floor shook. And she said, Lord, I need to get out of here. That's the church right now. You know, they don't want to face all this trouble. They aren't prepared for this trouble. They don't believe this even this trouble is even supposed to be coming. Right. Suddenly the man I, I see, the angel, appeared next to the window and said, I need you to work. I believe this is the Lord Jesus speaking directly to the church. That's the whole church, the sleeping church, 
as well as the awake church. That's, the, that's right. The informed church as well as the uninformed church. He's speaking to all of his people, and he's saying, I need you to work, as in serve me, as in win souls, do everything you can to build my kingdom. Yeah. I need you to work. She kept her head down and said, but things are crumbling around me. The man, meaning Jesus, bent down and put her face in his hands. I will go through the fire with you, but you must work now. He repeated it to her. I will go through the fire with you, but you must work now. Now, in that he repeated it twice, that's a guarantee. In the mouth yeah. of your three witnesses, let a thing be established. So what Jesus is saying is, church, work. Yeah, wake <laughs> Don't be lazy, up work. Get busy. But I will be with you. Yeah. I will be with you through the fire. Everything is going to be okay. It's not going to be easy, but yeah. I need you to work. He's telling the church to go to work. Yep. She said, Lord, how can I do this? He said, now, oh, I love this part. I have anointed you and will lead you and guard you. I've anointed you. I will lead you and guard you. That is the Lord saying, I'm with you. That's right. It's time for us to pick up our sword and go to work. It's time for us to realize that he gave us over all power over the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt us. It's time for us to go to work. Absolutely. And it, then it ties in with the end of the dream when it talks about the setting sun. You know, the Bible says that we work while it's yet day. Paul said that. Mm -hmm. And the sun's setting very, very quickly, which is why things are getting so astronomically chaotic around us. And the fact that he said it twice, he was emphasizing, I need you to work now. I need you to work now. I need you to right. work now. He's trying to, you know, and, and almost in the, in the dream, it was the, the second time he said it was a little bit louder. Not yelling, not not real vocal, just, you need to work now. You need to work now. It was very, very clear. It was getting louder because the emphasis was on doing it now because time is of the essence. Let me go back and read that last phrase again. So the woman or the church says, Lord, how can I do this? Well, we can't do anything, but we can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth us. Right. That's what he's saying. Right. He said, I've anointed you, church. I will lead you. I will guard you. And I was an invisible observer, and I noticed smoke coming into the doorway. And the man spoke and said, get out while you can and take with you and take who you can with you. Meaning, you're not going to be able to save everybody. Not everybody is going to come to Jesus. That's but right. you need to win as many as you possibly can. He says it twice and helped her get up, then disappeared right in front of her. In other words, I'm not going to do it for you, church. You That's have right. to do it. You have to do it. I'm telling you, you, you have to do it, but I'm giving you the power and the authority to be victorious here. It was the pep talk that the coach gives the team before he puts the team out on the field. That's where we are. The Lord's saying, Amen. we'll do this. You can do it. I'm with you. I'm going to watch the sidelines. I'm going to help you. You can pray, but that's you right. Do this so that's where you got to do it. She started beating on the doors, yelling for people to come out. You know, you and I have been doing that for a long time. But what Jesus yeah. is saying, it's time for the whole church <laughs> yeah. to become a watchman. Everybody. All of them are supposed to be beating on those doors. And when he's saying, yelling for people to come out, he's talking about coming out of your sin, coming right. out of the world. But I hate to say, specifically, I think that there's a warning here. I want to say it's not yet, but that's not what the dream interpretation is. The dream is saying it's time to start thinking about leaving America. 
I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that we still have some more time. But that you, you as we read through this, you'll see you can't escape that that is part of the dream. Yeah. She started beating on the doors, yelling for people to come out. Most doors stayed shut. The people inside yelled, leave us alone. One door opened and they screamed at her. Leave us alone and stay put for your own good. Trust in man and stay. The man said, slamming the door shut. Well, that's where most of the people are right now. Dana, your 25 or 30 dreams, you know, all the things that we do at Prophecy Club. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You're bothering me. You're you're making me nervous. You're messing with my life. And even people in the church world don't want to hear it. People who have not heard, you know, a lot of the, a lot of folks that I'm hearing from are, have, have, because of the dreams or even some of the stuff that you folks have done with Prophecy Club have been waking up and stirred to what's going on to their spiritual condition and gotten right with the Lord. And yet others, and you know, at the end of the dream, as the group is outside looking in, there are people who literally are just sitting in there reading newspapers and watching TV and have no idea their building is on fire. The hallways right. are crumbling and it's about to be gone. They have no idea. And that's the word. This is a wake up call to the church. Yes. If they'll hear it. Absolutely. And it's a repentant call to the church. Wake up and repent. She went to the door and covered her mouth with her sleeve. The hallway was engulfed in flames. Now, listen to this. This is is one of the most important parts of the dream. The sign on the wall said fifth floor. Now, I'm going to hold on to defining what I think that is for a little bit further because you'll see it at the end. The hallway was engulfed in flames. The sign on the door said fifth floor. She started beating on doors, yelling for people to come out. Most doors stayed shut. The people inside yelled, leave us alone. One door opened and they screamed at her, leave us alone and stay put for your own good. Trust in man and stay. The man said, slamming the door shut. The woman ran down the stairs to the fourth floor, beating on doors, begging people to leave and follow her. Parts of the ceiling were falling and some on fire caught a bit of her hair on fire and she patted it out, meaning the church. Look, you you can't expect not to have some of this get on you. You can't expect not to have some trouble. You better be prepared for some trouble and be prepared to pat out the fires, but keep going. Yeah, (laughs) and it's going to keep, and and that's where the church has made a huge issue with, and, and even though you and I differ on ideas of when Jesus is coming, the idea that Jesus made it clear through many trials and tribulations you will enter the kingdom of heaven. He never says anywhere, oh, church, you're going to get out of this all easy, no problem, no issues, because the church is not exempt from trial, from difficulty. Peter makes it clear, you know, this fiery trial coming upon you, it is for the, it's for the, the strengthening and the enduring of our faith. It, you know, these tests are to encourage us to be stronger Christians, but even the stronger tests come against us later on. And so... Uh, this is there's no easy way out for the church, and that idea is 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 a sad one. That be oh, we're going to miss this, you know. Um, all I know is this: we better be ready when Jesus comes, whenever it is. And uh, I'm I'm standing more and more on on the idea that the church is going to face, and I've been preaching this and declaring this for years of the dreams. The church is going to go through fire. The church is going to go through hell on earth, and we should expect it. it's the Antichrist spirit. It's the the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Not just the individual, but the body of Christ, the church itself. And at this point, you know, there's 30 seconds left in the game, and his team's down by 10. He's going to foul like crazy. So that's what's coming. The woman ran down the stairs to the fourth store, beating fourth floor, beating on doors, begging people to leave and follow her. Parts of the ceiling were falling, and some caught on fire. 
caught a bit of her hair on fire, and she patted it out. A few of the doors opened, and a few people hesitantly came out, covering their heads and coughing due to the smoke, meaning some people will listen, some people will get saved, most will not. The woman ordered them saying, beat on the doors, snatching them out if needs be. I think that's saying the time to just be kind and try to witness to people and hope they come up to you and say, you know, you're you're so kind and loving and you're always so happy. Uh, how is that? In other words, the time to be passive about talking to people about Jesus is over. It's now time for us to start confronting them directly. Yeah. And if needs be, even offending them. In other words, it's time to talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> the one thing I noticed, and I didn't say a whole lot about this, but the people were actually knocking the door and trying to open, not open the door. They were shaking the door handles, almost as if to say, are you not hearing me? Are you not hearing me? You got to right. get out. You got to get out. And so that's where we are. We don't, we, we don't have, it's not time. We cannot be passive any longer in the church. We've got a, we got a job to do work to do. We got to do it now. Amen. Amen. Beat on the doors, snatch them out if needs be, or the way we would say it, talk to them, even if it offends them. It's yep. time to talk to your brothers, your sisters, your moms, dads, coworkers, friends. It's time to talk to them. That's right. So they knocked, but few responded. A group of about six people now went down to the third and then down to the second floor. But when they got to the first floor, the group had grown now to about 40 or 50, all covered in soot. I believe that's saying that as we get closer to the trouble ahead, as we get closer to the fall of America, as we get close to the, the end of this whole thing, possibly the end of the tribulation is what I'm going to show you here in a minute. There's going to be more people that are finally listening but they're only listening because the fire is falling down, the seal is falling down, the smoke, and they're coughing. And right. in other words, the end times are here, and it's about to start biting them, and they're going to have to start listening here before long. Yeah, the end times are going to get very real for them. Absolutely. Their clothes were torn from falls and jumping over debris, burning in the corridors. They were sweating and moving quickly, fanatically, beating on doors, begging people to get out of the building as it was very unsafe. Now, the part I don't really want to think that this is really saying, I don't want to believe that it's time to start leaving America yet. I don't want to believe that. But that is, I mean, we, you cannot escape that that's a possible interpretation of the dream. Yeah. All right. Now, let me go back to what I think the fifth, the fourth, the third, the second, the first floor is. Okay, so here's the question. But when they got, so what, ask yourself this, what happens on the first floor? What, what, what is the Lord saying by these floors? So we see the first, the fifth floor, it starts. Well, what happens on the first floor? Let's read it again. So we got to the first floor and the group had grown to about 40 or 50, all covered in soot. In other words, it's right next to the end. The end of what though? That's the question. Their clothes are torn from falls and jumping over debris, burning in the corridors. They were sweating and moving quickly, frantically, beating on the doors, begging people to get out of the building as it was very unsafe. Some people were getting out when the building got hit by lightning, causing more ceiling tiles to fall, catching some clothes on the fire. Steel beams fell on others. They had to be dragged out from the debris. They were beating doors and yelling for people still in the rooms to escape now. What? Now, the question is, is the first floor the fall of America 
or is the first floor the return of Jesus? I think that's the big question. Now, the really big question, the elephant in the room here is, is this saying we have five more years to the, and that's the question. Is it five more years to the fall of America? Five more years before the Russians attack? Or is it saying that we're five more years before Jesus returns? Well, if that would be true, then we would already be in the tribulation. I don't think that's true. So probably the conclusion that I would attach to at this point is probably five more years before the fall of America. But what if it's five more weeks? What if it's five more months? So, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. It could even be five more days. And I'll be honest with you. When, When I had the dream, when I have the dreams, I have a sense of what they are. And but I've had dreams and other people said, hey, I saw this and I saw that. And you're just like you'll see things that Sheree doesn't. And I see things and Sheree will see things that I don't. Um, I did not in my in my spirit have the sense that it was America. However, these dreams evolve. They're layers. As you start to pick apart the layers, you start to like I still believe the most important thing of the first dream I had was the fist punch in November, because everything that's happened since started in that month of November of 2020. Look at where we are today. Uh, even issues in Afghanistan. All of those things started with an election process. So that fist punch was what started the whole thing off. So and what do you think the five floors are? I think it has to do, well, this is just me. Look, I, I, I think it has to do with a lot of prideful, arrogant people. It has, it has to do with the false gospel. Uh, people who have been hearing an easy gospel all their life. Um, the you know, We're all right because our grandma went to church and we're okay. Or, hey, I said a prayer when I was 10 years old and I'm, I'm 70 now, but I'm saved because I said a prayer when I was 10. Uh, there was a lot of pride and arrogance on that floor. Uh, but pride and ar- there's a lot of pride and arrogance in our country. A lot of pride and arrogance about we don't need God, we don't need this, we don't need that. So, you know, uh, all these dreams are, are subject to interpretation and, and headlines can help and things that happen. But I'm just thankful that God allows us to all see a different side of it, a different aspect of it. And uh, the dreams have a layout, a, pl- a, a play that they will lay out in. But I'm glad you see what you see because I didn't see that, you know. I'm glad that Cherie sees what she saw because I didn't see some of those. I, I see things others may not see. Well, you I know? don't think that the dreams are just speaking to Dana Coverstone. I think the dream is speaking to the church. And as we go through this, as we get closer to this, these some of the things we don't understand in the dreams will come clear. Let me go on yeah. to the next one. Some people were getting out when the buildings got hit by lightning, causing more ceiling tiles to fall, catching some clothes on fire. Steel beams fell on others. They had to be dragged out from under the debris. There were beating doors and yelling for people still in the rooms to escape. Now, the building shook again. The woman cried for them all. Get out while they could. They ran until they hit the ground level and went out. The group was wounded, dirty, exhausted. Clouds looked ominous and appeared to have demonic sneers in them. Once out, they all turned and watched the building shook. They watched the building, the people inside the building, quietly reading, watching TV as smoke was filling the rooms, oblivious with no fear. Some were still beating on the windows, screaming for them to get out. The group outside watched and wept. Seven more people, adults and teens, came out of the door thanking and hugging those who had gotten them to leave. They embraced them as an extremely loud thunderclap sounded as the hospital collapsed like the twin towers in dust and debris. The ground was leveled. The people inside were gone. Now, 
that makes me think that it's probably the fall of America. I don't think it's the return of Jesus. However, this next phrase, that's exactly what it's saying. There stood the man saying, the sun, excuse me, the setting sun is soon. Well, obviously it's referring to Jesus returning. The setting sun is soon and the work this side for the bride will end. Go into the highways and the byways quickly. Knock on every door for I'm coming soon. Let me read it again. The setting sun is soon, and the work this side for the bride will end. Go into the highways and the byways quickly. Knock on every door, for I'm coming soon. Your comments. I think one of the most important things is the fact that when the people came out the door, the last people out, there were seven of them. And seven's a very serious biblical number. It's the number of completion. He worked for six days, and the seventh day he rested. And I see this being a God's way of saying, okay, this time now it's done. It is, it is it's it's finished. Um, all that can be saved. Your chance, you know, your chances are, are done. Uh, but also at this time, those that didn't hear and didn't listen didn't come out. Only set only seven other people made it out. So uh, there's some interesting things. Just and I think I think there's more to that. And I, I I I dig through my dreams for weeks and days after I have them, and uh, and that's the one that I'm really looking at. The the number was seven people specifically. Men, women, and teens that came out. No kids, just men, women, and teens. So, completion. Something was completed when that, you know, before they when they got out, then the building fell. Everybody else was gone. So, God was working. I was trying to find the time on this thing, so I, oh, tw- I'm looking all over. I don't see the time We're anywhere. Looking at live twenty nine fifty right now. Oh, okay. All right, great. Well, that that ends up just about right then. Okay, so let's uh, let, let let's conclude with one more thing. Hang on. As we look at that last line, the setting sun is soon. The question is: Is that saying the fall of America, or is that saying the return of Jesus? And the work this side for the bride will end. Now, there's a Bible verse that says that night is coming when no man can work. Dimitri was also told the same thing. In other words, there's a time coming when no one is going to be able to witness, probably during the Mark of the Beast time. Probably during that time you say, Jesus, and you're dead. But it goes on to say, go into the highways and the byways quickly. In other words, the time to win souls is right now, my brothers and sisters. The time is running yeah. out. We, we tend to think... Oh, well, you know, something's going to happen and people are going to finally start turning to Jesus. Yes, they will. But he's saying, don't wait. He's saying, knock on every door now for I'm coming right. soon. That's right. So we, I don't know. Is that talking about the return of Jesus and the fall of America? Well, the whole point is it's saying, go to work, go to work, go to work. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't wonder when the boss is coming back, work until he does. Literally. Amen. Amen. All right. Your final comments. I just want to encourage the church to stay rooted and grounded in the word, uh, to pray like we never prayed before, and to get our hearts and our minds set on doing what he's called us to do, reaching the lost, making a difference. And yes, the gospel is going to become more and more offensive to those around us, but we are still mandated by the gospel to go and preach the gospel to all creation, to make disciples of all men, uh, every nation, every place on the planet. 
uh, we got our work cut out for us, and we better get busy because he's coming back soon. He's going to take. He's going to take. He's going to take an account of how we worked. Uh, solemn September assembly. Oh, we're excited about that. I'm excited about coming back to Texas uh, and praying. Uh, last year's event, you know, Stan, when you you uh, you honored me in one sense because that dream I had about the September Solemn Assembly, you ran with it, and you made that thing become real. And I still remember at the end of that session there in Plano, uh, going and putting pouring oil on that map, standing on that map, putting my hands on that map, and praying for the country. And man, just began to weep and sob because I was literally living out what I saw in that dream. And to hear those people pray and to hear uh, the, the, the intensity and the fierceness in the prayers of those people, praying for the nation and praying for the country and praying for the church, man, it was one of the most powerful prayer times in my entire life. And because of that, I can't wait to come back there in September. And I, I can't wait to see it again, be a part of it again, and to, and to feel that fire and that intensity of all those shofars blowing, both in the beginning and the end. I realize I'm standing with brothers and sisters in Christ from different backgrounds, different fellowships, different beliefs, but yet we all believe that Jesus is, is Messiah, is Lord, is Savior, is coming back soon. We've got a job to do. And uh, I can't wait for the fellowship and the new friends are going to make while I'm there. So I hope as many Encourage people... Encourage them to come. Oh, man. If, if you can come, if you're if whether you can fly fly to get there, take a bus, take a car, drive, walk, hitchhike if you have to. I'm telling you, if you come, it's going to change and transform your life. Uh, I am still riding a high from last year uh, because of what I saw in that place, and that I, I also got a lot of inner spiritual strength for some of the things that I was facing and dealing with with the dreams. Uh, that that dream settled or that event settled some things for me, and I believe has been the precursor and the emphasis for other dreams that God's given me because the things that happened there. I had several people lay their hands on me, including you, Stan. And, and there was there was something that just changed and stirred in that meeting. And, uh, and I'm not wow. one to hype meetings. Just, uh, I, I don't want to go to a meeting just go to a meeting. I'm coming here because I want to be a part of this again, and I want to see what God's going to do. And I expect amen. God on the other side of this meeting is going to make a difference in this country. I believe that wholeheartedly. Amen, amen. Dana Coverstone, thank you for being on the Prophecy Club, my brother. Hey, thanks, my friend. Flip me part's been great. God bless you. Hey, you too. Bye.